Well, I want to do something tonight that I taught one time in a little Bible study when we were just start, starting off the church. At least I referred to it. It's kind of packaged a little bit different. Um, but how many of you have, I'm sure you've heard the term, maybe you've even called somebody, maybe, I hope you haven't ever been called this, but how many of you have heard the term two-faced? Let me just see your hand. And, and I'm not talking about Batman, Harvey Dent, okay? I'm not, I'm not talking about that. Uh, if you grew up in my era with Batman, Harvey Dent, Two-Face, right? Uh, but, but a two-faced person is, is somebody that, that acts one way to your face and another way behind your back. Woo, thank you, Jesus, for the two-facers. Uh, they smile at you and compliment you and tell you how much they love you in your face, but they smile when they're talking bad about you and got a knife in your back. Anybody ever dealt with a two-face? Anybody at all? All right. Well, that's a kind of what we're going to talk about today. But today I want to talk about us as a church. And remember, the church is not the building. The church is you and I. And so I want to talk about what does it look like as a church or even as a people. I want to make sure that we as Christians, as a people of God, are not two-faced. That we don't say one thing and do another thing. Because a lot of Christians are really good at telling people God loves them, but as the other side of the face, we don't show people that God loves them, right? And, and matter of fact, I, here, here's, I don't want us to be two-faced. I don't even want us to be one-faced. Ah, I threw you a curveball right there. I want to be a church that is four-faced, everybody. And I want to talk to you about becoming a, a four-faced. Now, first of all, let me give you a little background. I grew up in a denomination that I was ordained in for 25 years, but I grew up in the denomination. And, and one of the words uh, that was a constant part of our vocabulary, some of you will be able to relate to this, some of you it'll be foreign, okay? But I grew up in a denomination where the word revival was a constant staple vocabulary part of our vernacular. I mean, I don't, I, don't, I don't think there was a single week that went by that we weren't either saying we were in revival, we were on the verge of revival, we were praying for a revival, we need a revival. Always, always, always it was about revival. And then I took my first church. Turn my microphone down just a little bit. I took my first church and uh, I, I was 27 when they voted me in. And I was 28 when I showed up with the U-Haul. And, and I went in to do my first Sunday. And everybody was clamoring, man, we believe God has sent you to bring us. I was scared. I'm telling you, if you're asking me to bring revival, we got big troubles, right? And then the church that I took, it grew. And incredible things happened. It grew from a little church that was in bankruptcy of about 80 people to by the time we left was about 2,400 people, 136 ministries, outreach like crazy. Amazing things. There was a season that we counted months and months and into the years where every single weekend people were giving their life to Christ. It was an absolute absolutely unprecedented move of God but some in the midst of all that were still saying you know we're really just praying for revival how many know some of them people I really do want to punch in the nose you know what I'm saying right it's like come on do you see all that God is doing and you're still sometimes I wonder if the very thing we're looking for is right in front of us 
and we don't even recognize it. Remember when the people of Israel came to Moses and said, we're hungry, we need something to eat. And he went to God and God said, look, I'm going to send them some bread for breakfast in the morning. And, and, and they got up the next morning and there was bread all over, fresh bread. Didn't even have to go to the bakery to get it. He just rained it down from heaven, enough for the day, daily bread. And they walked around after Moses said, tomorrow there will be bread from heaven. And they got up the next morning and walked around and said, manna. Do you know what manna means? What is it? It's the very thing you prayed for. But if you don't recognize or be able to identify what you're praying for, then we might have the very answer to the thing we're looking for and might not even recognize it. And watch this. They even went a step further and complained about the very thing that God had done for them. Now, another word that accompanied this revival thing, there was this phrase that we always use that when they talked about revival, we need to see the glory of God. How many heard that term before? Now, hold on. Let me say it the way I heard it. Brother Ken, we need the glory of God. That's how I heard it. And and it was very deep and King James-ish. And it just sounded way more important that way. And so, honestly, I grew up kind of... There's certain things I don't like saying when that video camera's on, but I'm going to say it anyway. I kind of grew up kind of disliking the word revival. First of all, I don't, I don't like a lot of words that start with the re, because that means i got to redo something that I was supposed to already have done. I, can't we just have Bible instead of revival? You, you know what I mean? And... And, and, and so, and you don't even hear me using it much. And, 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 well, anyway, all right. And, and so, although I don't use it much, and, you know, I kind of have a, a little bit of a distaste for the word, I still want God to move. Would anybody agree with me? And, uh, and, and so much that even in the middle of 2020, right in the, about, about the middle of the pandemic, somewhere around June, July, you know, when things were really quiet and the world had just seemed like it had turned upside down and blown up. We weren't even having uh, church gatherings yet. And in the middle of 2020, and I don't want to over-spiritualize this at all, but I felt God drop in my heart and said, I'm ready to show my glory. It's interesting that God decides to show you something in a time when there are absolutely no signs at all. Right? Like, God, if you could have said that like eight months ago, like we were rolling into four services, man, I mean, things were rolling. Okay, now I understand your glory. But we don't even have a... God, did you know we got a pandemic going on down here? And now you want to show off? Now you want to show your glory? God, we need people to come back to church first. Come on, everybody. You know what I'm talking about? And so God brought me back to this thought that he gave me years ago. And just I kind of reworked it a little bit. And so I want to take you to a place and 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 I'm going to try to dive just deep enough to uh, capture your imagination, but stay practical enough that we can apply this whole idea of the glory of God. So let's go into a scripture that takes just a little bit of work in Second Corinthians, chapter number three. And I'm going to read a few things here. It says, the old way with laws etched in stone. Okay, so we're talking about the old way, the old covenant, the Old Testament, the Ten Commandments, the rules, all of that. Led to death. Okay, so 
The old way, the old covenant, I taught on this recently, it led to death because we couldn't keep enough rules to be righteous with Christ. So it led to death. Watch this though. Though it began with such glory that the people of Israel could not bear to look at Moses' face for his faith. That's funny. The word Moses has like a little shining glory on it. Did you see that, Jake? Yeah, I don't know why that happened. But anyway, uh, and, and for his face shone with glory. Okay, come on. You've seen the Ten Commandments, right? Charlton Heston goes up on the mountain. He looks like a, just a shepherd dude. He comes down. He looks like a BG. His hair's all feathered back. And he's like, whoa. Okay, Hollywood kind of got that part a little bit right. I don't know about the Bee Gees, but anyway. But when Moses came down from receiving the law on stone, they couldn't hardly see him because the glory of God was on him. Okay, so this really happens, okay? Um, For his face shone with the glory of God, even though the brightness was already fading away. Because in the Old Testament, we had visitations from God, We had visitations from the Holy Spirit, but God, the Holy Spirit, didn't live indwell in us like we know in the New Testament. Everybody follow me a little bit deeper there for just a minute, okay? Okay, so so in other words, the glory was already wearing off by the time he got down there. Probably left altogether when he threw the Ten Commandments at everybody, okay? All right, for his face shone with the glory of God, even though the brightness was already fading away. Watch this. Shouldn't we expect far greater glory? Come on, let me read that again. Shouldn't we, you and I, New Testament, under the grace dispensation, shouldn't we expect far more glory? Glory that doesn't decrease, but glory that increases. Ah. Shouldn't we expect far greater glory under the new way, the new covenant, now that the Holy Spirit is giving life. In the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit would come and visit. But Jesus said in John 14 and John 16, I'm going to leave, and it's better for me to leave because if I leave, no longer will I be with you, but my Holy Spirit will come, another that is me, in a different form, and now live in you. In other words, He doesn't just show up on Sundays. Come on now. All right. What else do I got? Let's go a little bit further. Uh, do I got another verse? Come on, please tell me I do. Okay, I must not. I don't. Okay, uh, my bad. You guys are doing a great job up there. Okay. Um, okay, so, so man, didn't I, uh, let's see, even though the brightness was already, ah, that's what I need. Now, the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Not where the law is where grace is and the Spirit of the Lord is, okay? And we who with unveiled faces, this is very key, we who are with unveiled faces all reflect the Lord's glory. All of us reflect the Lord's glory. What does that mean, Ken, with unveiled faces? When Jesus died on the cross, Old Testament, we would send a high priest into the Holy of Holies to offer up sacrifice unto God, and we would wait to see if the sacrifice was accepted from God. There's a whole teaching on that. Okay? So we didn't have access to God. You had to come to your pastor to get access, your priest to get access. But when Jesus died on the cross, I'm sure all of you know this, the curtain that divided the holy place was split in half and now giving all of us access into the presence of 
God or the glory of God. Ooh, that's good news. Okay, everybody hang on with me just for a minute. I'm going to get to some practical stuff, all right? Okay, I got a little Wednesday night coming out in me here, okay? So watch this. Are we who with unveiled faces, that means those of us that now have access directly into the holy place with unveiled faces, all reflect the Lord's glory. So in other words, we ought to be reflecting the Lord's glory. And if you've been in church long enough, you hear people talking about the glory of God, but you don't, have, you don't hear too many people identifying what the glory of God is. So how am I going to reflect something? I've never identified what it is because I could be looking at it and not even know it. Okay? So, so uh, after being transformed, watch it. Oh, I almost went too fast. This word I should have highlighted. After being transformed. Remember I told you at the beginning of the year, the Lord began to deal with me about, I want you to get my church in deeper discipleship. Discipleship. Transformed. Uh, I, I want them, and, and the more they're transformed, the more my glory will show up. Ugh. Watch this. And being transformed into His likeness. Watch this. With ever-increasing glory. Old Testament, the glory faded. New Testament, grace now we're access into God, we ought to have ever-increasing glory. Woo! Which comes from the Lord who is a Spirit. Okay, let's unpack this a little bit. The veil in the temple was open. I already said that. Being transformed, just keep this in mind, means I'm being discipled. I'm walking in God. In other words, the more we are transformed, the more that we reflect the glory of God. So let me explain a process to you really quick. I know I'm kind of cutting deep, uh, but just, just hang with me. When we get saved, we are no more saved today than we were 30 years ago when we got saved. There's not levels of salvation, everybody. Even though I like to tell people they need to get saved a lot, all right? So there, there's, there's no levels. So I'm just as much saved today in my 50s as I was when I gave my life to the Lord when I was six. Okay, I'm not more saved. Hey, everybody, what that means is you are redeemed by the Lord. You are in Christ Jesus. You are saved. There's no levels. Come on. There's no seniority. I know you've been saved 30 years and you think you got it all together, but there's no, come on, that doesn't mean you get a bigger blessing and a bigger mansion in heaven and your breath doesn't stink in the morning. Everybody understand what I'm saying? So there's no levels of salvation. However, here's what we misunderstand. There's no levels of salvation, but there is a difference in sanctification. Salvation means, I got my, I, I hate to put it this way, I don't mean any disrespect to the Lord, but salvation sometimes is, okay, I'm on my way to heaven. Woohoo! Got my ticket stamped, I'm going to heaven. Sanctification, though, is that we are offering ourselves to be discipled, transformed, daily, every day walking away from, the word sanctification really means letting go of the old and grabbing a hold of the new. So I'm daily dying to the old me. How many can look back 10 years and go, what in the world was I thinking? You better raise your hand. Valerie, I've seen your hairdo. I know. Some of you we can tell you are sinners just by the way you combed your hair. I mean, you know you're a sinner when we can look at, look at that hair. You know that girl was messed up. 
Go, go, go creep on Valerie's Facebook. Come on, Ernesto. You know it's true. Shame the devil. Come on now, all right? And, and, and so it, it's so true. So we're saved. But how many know somebody's been saved and, woo, they, they're freshly saved. <laughs> you, you know, like, whoa. They're, you, they, they're, they're still saying how blankety-blank good God is. Right? But as we begin to be transformed... And we begin to be sanctified, if you would. We, we, we begin, that's what that verse says. I begin to be transformed. I'm being transformed from the old into the plans and purposes that God has for me into His image. And as I'm doing that, I get ever-increasing glory on my life. Woo! That's what that's talking about. Everybody good? Okay, so... I want to know then, what does the full weight of His glory look like? If I'm supposed to show His glory, I need to figure out what His glory looks like. If we want the glory of God in our church, I'm sure everybody right now say, yeah, we want the glory of God. Come on, do you want the glory of God? Okay, somebody identify it then. Well, I don't know what that is, but I know we're supposed to want it. Okay, so what is the glory? John describes it in the book of Revelations, and I won't read the whole chapter to you. You can do that on your own. But in Revelations chapter number four, he says, they gathered around the throne room of heaven and the glory of God shone around them. And then it picks up and he begins to give us clues what the glory looks like. Let's look at it. Revelations. Also before the throne, there was what looked like a sea of glass, clear as crystal in the center. Around the throne were four living creatures. Now, I shouldn't get really into this. Uh, four living creatures. It was really one creature with four heads. Okay? I know. It's freaky. I understand. Were four living creatures, and they were covered with eyes in the front and the back. Now, you've got to understand, John is trying to use words and terminology 2,000 years ago. It'd be like somebody even 100 years ago trying to explain an iPhone. Okay, you, you see, I mean, he has a challenge here, right? He's trying to explain a vision that God gave him. Okay, watch this now. The first living creature was like a lion. The second was like an ox. The third had the face like a man. And the fourth was like a flying eagle. Say, so, okay, Ken, uh, he says that's what the glory of God looks like. What? Yeah, this is the glory of God, which 2 Corinthians just told us that if we are growing in God, then we were going, we're going to reflect this glory. So I don't get it. Ever increasing glory as we're being transformed. Let me take one more place, then we'll unpack it, and I think we can connect some dots. Ezekiel prophesied, Ezekiel, Old Testament, Old Covenant, the law. Ezekiel prophesied that there's coming a day let me paraphrase, a new dispensation of grace where the Holy Spirit doesn't visit, but the Holy Spirit dwells in us and the curtain will be rent and we will be living in the time of the glory of God. Just hang with me. I'm going to make this simpler, all right? So Ezekiel prophesied about glory coming. Let's look at what he says. Ezekiel, their faces looked like this. Each of the four had the face of a man. There's the man again. And on the right side, each had the face of a lion. And on the left face of an ox, each also had the face of an eagle. There it is again. The glory of God has four faces. Mm. And in case you don't believe me, this was the appearance of the likeness 
of the glory of the Lord. So let's have your glory. Fill the church up with lions and eagles and oxes. Woohoo! This is a move of God. We really got revival now. Yahoo! Right? Watch this. This was the appearance of the likeness of the glory of God. This is the appearance of what the glory of God would be like in our midst. When I saw it, I fell face down and I heard the voice of the one that was speaking. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, so he's called us into his likeness and, and, and we've got to look more like God. So what is, what is this? Both these places that I referred to you. First of all, let me recap. 2 Corinthians says, Old Testament, glory faded. How much more should we show His glory now that we live in the New Testament under grace and we have the Holy Spirit? John tells us around the throne in heaven, here's what the glory looks like and says the four faces. Ezekiel prophesied that when we get to the, he didn't say this, I'm paraphrasing, when we get over there in the New Covenant, the glory is going to look like this. And they talked about four faces. Friends, the reason I'm making a big deal of this is because every time in my life I've seen us go through something hard, either personally or corporately, it's always followed by a move of God. I don't want to make that super spooky or weird, but I don't know about you. I don't want to play church. I want to show up to church and see the glory of God. I want to see lives transformed. Come on, can anybody say amen? If we're going to serve God, we might as well experience His glory. Okay, so what does this glory look like? We just talked about it, so let's dive into it. Here's the practical part. If we're going to show the glory of God in our lives, then these four faces are recognizable in our life. Number one. And, and by the way, all of these faces, they connect with, very interesting, they connect with one of the four Gospels. Because the four Gospels was the gateway into the new dispensation of grace. Come on, are you guys ready to learn something tonight? Hey, what's up, everybody? I just want to interrupt the message real quick. Just a couple things for you. First, I want to let you know about Vision Night coming up on April 25th at 4 p.m. That's a Sunday evening. And that is something that we invite anyone and everyone to to come on out that evening. Uh, we're going to be talking about vision, uh, just kind of some goals and vision for the remainder of 2021, going over just some of our, our principles and values and why we started Radius and onboarding process and how you can get involved and just a bunch of different stuff. So I encourage you to come out to that again, April 25th. Also, I'm going to introduce to you here in just a second to Mark Evans, our life groups pastor, and he is going to talk to you about uh, a new kind of life group thing that we're doing called text groups. So check this out. One of our values at Radius is relationships. We really believe in doing life together and experiencing community. Church is so much more than simply coming to a weekend service and hearing a great message. It's really about being connected with people. And this has obviously been a unique time to create those connections. So we're doing something really fun. I'm excited about it. We're setting up what we're calling text groups. Now these groups will have a text captain and then a total of four other people and they will be gender specific. So there will be men's groups and there will be women's groups. And here's the idea behind this. 
Have you ever been going through a time in the week and it's just kind of like, man, I'd really like to be able to reach out to somebody and just say, hey, would you pray for me? Or, hey, here's some great things that are happening in my life. And, and just begin to take a little bit of a step in connecting some relationships. So over the next couple of weeks, we're giving you the opportunity to get connected in a text group. You can go to radiuschurch.tv. There's a text group button you can click. You can also fill out a card at church. And then over the next couple of weeks, we'll be putting these groups together. And then a text group captain will reach out to you, will welcome you into their group. I'm so excited about it. We're going to have fun, creative things. So from time to time, a text group captain might send out a, a question of the week or something to kind of ponder as you go about your week or ask you, hey, is there something I can be praying for you for? So I invite you, get connected to a text group and take a little bit of a step in building some relationships. Number one was the face of an eagle, right? Okay, so we got number one. If we're going to have the glory of God, we got to have the face of an eagle. I'm talking to us as a church and I'm talking to us individually. We got to have the face of an eagle. Do you know I had never seen an eagle until I made my first trip to Washington? Isn't that sad? You guys see eagles all the time. I got an eagle that lives in the tree across my yard. It's like I see them all the time now. But the first time I saw an eagle, what? That, that, it was like I felt like bum, 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 bum. I mean, it was like the most patriotic moment ever. Uh, come on now. See, you guys are spoiled. You see them all the time. Oh, yeah, I got an eagle in my yard. It keeps killing my chickens, you know. I mean, for a Midwesterner man, it's like, that's an eagle right there. And when he took off, he was, he was sitting in a field when I, I, I was riding from Michigan to here. And, and, and he went to take off one flight. He just, whoop. That was all. It was like, no biggie. And he just soaring. And I'm, pom, 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 pom. It was, it, that's cool stuff. But here's what the eagle represents. I could tell you all kinds of things, but here's what the eagle represents. If we're going to show the glory of God, we've got to look like the eagle. And the eagle represents, come on, watch this. The eagle represents honor and excellence and integrity. And we can't have ever-increasing glory. Watch this pandemic 2020 if we can't honor one another. If we can't honor people that are different than us. It's real easy to honor those that we agree with. But can we keep honoring and loving people that we disagree with? I was so bothered in 2020 because I seen Christian groups hating other Christian groups because of something as silly as a mask. Come on, somebody. And, and, and can we still honor? Can we have excellence? Now, honor, basically, it just means respect. And, and, and I don't want to make this all about honoring God, but let me just throw a few things out there. Here's how we honor God. Does everybody want to honor God? If you want to honor God and you're watching, put in the chat, chat honor God. Or find an eagle emoji and stick it in there. We, we, we need to honor God first of all. And I just wonder, have we lost our our honor? Have we lost the face of the eagle? Do we still honor God? Here's some practical ways. I'm a very practical preacher, okay? Well, we just took you through some heavy stuff. Here's, here's some ways we honor God. Hey, everybody, one way we honor God and one of the biggest ways we honor God is we honor God with our money. Uh-oh, here it comes. We honor God with our money. Proverbs chapter number 8. How much more can I honor the Lord with your wealth and with the best part of everything you produce. 
Okay, let's move on to something else, all right? Um, you know what? Here, here's one I'll give you. Because it's not popular to be in church anymore. But I think we honor God when we love His bride. And the church is His bride. I think we honor God when we love the people that He loves. I think we honor God when we make church a priority in our life. I know I'm sounding like an old school preacher right now. And no, you don't have to go to church to get to heaven. But I'm going to tell you, if you want to be close to me, you better honor my wife. And the church is God's bride, everybody. The church is the bride. And I know the church is imperfect. But remember a couple weeks ago, Gomer going to get Hosea? I mean Hosea going to get Gomer? Remember that? Talk about imperfect, but he loved her. Can we love imperfect people? Matter of fact, I don't want perfect people. I, yes, it's on video. I don't want perfect people at Radius because it messes up everything. Because then all the imperfect people start scratching and itching like, oh, no, I'm not as far along. Right? Uh, Psalms says it this way. Chapter number 92, Psalms 92.13 says, Why, this is a promise. Check it out. Those planted, not those that occasionally attend. Not those that, ah, if I feel like it, if I don't have anything better going on. Some of us have lost the habit of honoring the church. I know there's still some that can't come for health reasons. I get it. But some of us have flat out lost the habit. And the Bible says those that are planted in the house of the Lord. Those that are planted. Come on, somebody. Those that are planted in the house of the Lord will flourish in the courts of God. We were driving down the road the other day, and, and I can't really talk about this a lot in public, but I was asking my wife, I said, you know, I am so blessed. Because if you know where I came from, and you know my tree... <laughs> It is an absolute crazy, outrageous miracle that I'm where I am in life. That God's blessing is on me. And, and, and we were talking, I was like, what makes that happen? I think this is part of it. Because from the day I got saved at six-ish years old, I have never not been planted in the house of God. I used to go to church all by myself. All by myself. No parents brought me. I went to church all by myself. Come on. I got planted in the church and I believe that I am flourishing in the courts of God because I've been planted in the house of God. Come on now. It's great. Listen. Oh, I shouldn't get all on this subject. Forget it. Okay, watch this. They will bear fruit in old age. Thank you, Jesus. They will stay fresh and grow. I've been doing what I'm doing for 34 years. Do I look tired? I love what we get to do. I love getting to teach God's Word. I love doing life with the body of Christ. Come on now, right? They, 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 will, they will stay. Somebody ought to write that down and claim to that and make a fresh commitment to honor God and His bride. Here's another way we honor God. We honor God by honoring people. What if we had a what if we really stepped up our culture of honor? What if we, we can't honor one another and claim that we're an open circle church? You can't say we're an open circle and not honor somebody that's different than you. 
And every time I say that, people get a little, "Uh uh-oh, what does that mean? Does that mean we're just going to start accepting everybody? Yes! Yeah! And religious people always get nervous when I get on this because they think that acceptance means agreement. I can accept you, I can love you, and disagree with you. I don't know where our society went off the rails. Come on. We used to be allowed to have differences of opinions. That's what makes the world go round. God didn't make a bunch of robots. Right? Okay. Um, and, and here's some things that cause dishonor. Just real quick. Familiarity. Have you ever noticed familiarity causes dishonor? Anybody notice that? You get used to something or someone. Isn't it interesting that the word familiarity, the root word is family? And those that deserve the most honor, we've become so familiar with that we don't honor anymore husbands, wives, children, churches. We don't honor the church. Oh, it's always going to be there. I don't have to be. It'll always be there. My pastor, my teacher, my life group leader, they'll, they'll always be there. Come on now. We, we dishonor because of... Here, here's one more, and I'll get off this. One more is that I think that offenses cause us to dishonor. And I just did a whole series on that not too many months ago. But, but, but you cannot honor something that you're offended by. You can't honor somebody that you're mad at. And offended by, I should say. Offended. Jesus said, blessed is the man who is not offended in me. Uh, and you know what? Let me, let me just throw this in there because I didn't throw it in in the offended series. Uh, I think the reason that we so easily get offended is because we think we're entitled to something. And when we start having an entitled mentality, we get offended really because they didn't treat me fair. Because we're entitled. All right, you guys want to lighten up now? L- let me give you some real practice. I think we honor people by making our building clean. I think we honor people by loving them when they come in. Um, I think the church. I think you should want your church to be organized. I come here every Saturday morning about five thirty, and you know what I do? Straighten chairs. Mm-hmm. Because you know it's proven if the room is organized, you learn better. That's how important it is to me. Some people call me a control freak. You can call me whatever you want to, but order determines outcome. And if I can make sure things are in order. That's one way I can honor you and you don't even know it. Come on now. Are you hearing that? Okay. Um, okay, I told you they all correspond with a, with a gospel. So the, the eagle corresponds with the book of Matthew. I'll give you a couple highlights. It's kind of more trivia. Matthew shows us Jesus as king, honor, glory, the eagle. Matthew quotes more of the Old Testament than the other three Gospels. Matthew talks more about respect and honor and excellence than the other three Gospels. Okay, So the eagle is the glory of God. It connects to Matthew. Number two, we need to show the face of an ox. Come on, look at your neighbor and say, you look like an ox. No, don't do that. I'm just kidding. I'm just messing with you. Come on now. Darren, you better be careful, boy. I'm <laughs> you. <All right. laughs> That's a bad thing to say. Uh, woo, I came to church and they told me I need to look more like an ox. Thank you, Jesus. Here's why. The face of an ox. An ox, watch this, what is an ox? An ox is a servant. An ox is the beast of burden. We can't have the glory of God if we don't serve in God's courts. 
Listen, even Jesus came not to be served, but to serve. He didn't get it. He washed feet, right? If we want the glory of God, we got to be willing to serve. It reflects God. Um, uh, no greater love has, man sh- has anyone shown but to lay down his life. And you know, we can lay down our lives in practical ways. There's people that will show up early and, and just join me for prayer. That's, that's laying down your life. That's giving up valuable time. Okay, um, the gospel that best corresponds um, with the ox is the gospel of Mark. Uh, the gospel of Mark uh, mentions this is interesting. The gospel of Mark mentions nothing about the genealogies. You know how Matthew opens and so and so begot so and so and so and so begot because the king we want to know the lineage of a king, but nobody cares about the lineage of a servant. And so Mark doesn't even mention any... He just jumps right in. No one cares about the pedigree of a servant. And Mark records more miracles uh, are recorded in the book of Mark, but miracles mostly that help people or minister to people or heal people or fill somebody's needs. Blind Bartimaeus, the blind beggar, okay? Those stories, because it reflects a servant. Uh, I, I, think, I think those 18 people that are heading to Colorado City, you don't recognize it, but when you show up in that place, you're going to bring the glory of God because you've come to serve. You've paid money to go, and you're going to go and serve. Come on, everybody, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let me see. Yeah, give me those names. That, we ended up with 18 that are going. Okay, if you got a phone, take a picture of that because you need to be praying for them. The ever-increasing glory shines through them to people that desperately don't need another Bible lesson. They need to see the glory of God. Right? Is that right, Brian? 18? Or, okay, uh, so there they are. I'll leave them up there for a minute or two. Um, um, and, and so the book of Mark has more about what Jesus did. And, um, and so I just, I'm saying, as Christians, if we want the glory of God in our life, we've got to look more like an ox. And I don't mean that funny. It's just the truth. We need to be more servants. Um, and, and, and honestly, everybody, it's why, you've already heard my vision on this, but it's why we had no choice. When the opportunity presented itself, we had to open the outreach center. Because we've got to look like an ox. We've got to be willing to serve people that can't serve themselves. I don't even think we ever even begin to reflect the glory of God until we do those kind of things. It's easy to honor and do something for somebody that can do something back for you. But it takes some special kind of glory to be able to serve people that may never be able to do anything back and may never even thank you and may cuss you while you're trying to help them. Come on now. Um, so uh, let me just ask this question. I'll move on to the third phase. It's just you. Don't answer it out loud. How are you serving right now in your life? Just you leave here with that question. How are you serving? Uh, number three is the face of a man. Uh, number three. So we have the face of an eagle, uh, which is honor. We have the face of an ox, uh, which is service. And we have the face of a man. If we're going to have the glory of God, the face of a man. The face face of a man represents relationship and it represents loving one another and loving people. Do I have that? So man is relationship. Mark just got up here and said it. 
Guys, please, I'm begging you to sign up for a text group. Did, did you hear them plead? Because the church isn't about just what happens on Saturday or Sunday. Because you might need God on a Monday. The Gospel that best correlates with this is the Gospel of Luke. And the reason is, is because man is all about relationship. The Gospel of Luke, if you know anything about the Gospel of Luke, Luke was not an eyewitness account like the other, others were. But Luke wrote and did all the research to write a letter to his best friend Theophilus so that Theophilus might become a believer also. How many know that's a lot of work to do for one somebody? That's what he did. Um, Luke... Uh, Luke goes, if you read the book of Luke, Luke takes you all the way back to Adam. Well, isn't that interesting? Because God created Adam. And what did He create Adam for? Relationship. And, and, and so, if we're going to reflect the glory of God, we have to love one another. People that are different than us. It doesn't say love those that you go to church with, even though sometimes that's a stretch. How about love those that believe nothing like you? Mm. Luke takes us all the way back to Adam because he wants us to know God desires relationship. Uh, Luke, if, if you look at the book of Luke, Luke has the most parables. Luke tells more parables. Um, and why is that important? How does that relate to relationship? Because you, when, when you're teaching through relationship, you're telling stories. If I'm sitting with Larry at coffee, I'm not screaming like I am right now. He'd probably get up and leave and make me pay the bill, all right? But if we're sitting and talking, we're telling stories. Hey, the other day I was at, another day, I remember one time, on my job, I we're telling stories because it's it's intimate, it's it's face to face, it's relational, right? Okay, that's what we want to have happen in our text groups. We, uh, Mark's a part of a text group with me, and uh, one of the guys in our text group we had before we started this uh, fell down the other day and broke his foot. Um, you might break your foot, and it's not church business hours. Hey guys, you'll never believe what just happened. Would you pray for me? And all these four or five guys start, oh yeah, man, what's going on? Can I do anything? Whatever, whatever, right? And uh, so let me just ask you another question. How are you doing community? If, I love that you're here and I love that you're watching online, but, but, but you're getting like a little drop in the bucket to what the whole community of God is about. You ready for the last face? Okay, the last face is the face of a lion. Ooh, I like this one. Because remember a couple weeks ago, I think last week, Easter Sunday, I said that we were compared to sheep. And remember I threw a little fit over that because I didn't want to be a sheep. Anybody remember what I preached last week? And, and, and because sheep are fearful and sheep are fragile and sheep are forgetful and you keep saying sheep, a lot of times fast, and you might accidentally say a cuss word in church. You know what I'm saying? All right. And, and, but this is our chance right here to be a lion. And a lion equals power. We are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. In Christ Jesus, we are conquerors in Christ. 
grace, the grace of God gives us the power to be a lion and overcome. See, the law keeps us in sin, but we live under grace and it frees us from sin, everybody. Jesus said something. I'll just give you a couple verses and I'll wrap wrap this up. But Proverbs 28.1, let me give you this one first. The wicked flee though no one pursues, but the righteous are as bold as lions. It's obviously the last Gospel and it's the Gospel of John. And John shows God in the beginning. The lion of the tribe of Judah. John reflects him multiple times as power. John tells us uh, multiple times. John 14, John 16. You could read those ones. Uh, f- flash those verses up there real quick because i got to end. But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in My name, will teach you all things and, and will remind you of everything I have said to you. John talks more about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, God dwelling in us, is where our power comes from. Listen, if you think your power comes from how well you're doing, you're missing it. You need an internal power. John 16 says it this way, I have much more to say to you, more than you can now bear while I'm in the flesh. You can't handle it all right now. Um, But when He, the Spirit of truth, comes, He will guide you into all truth. Anybody like a little guidance into some truth every once in a while, right? He will, watch this, I got to do this real quick. He will not speak on His own. He will speak only what He hears, and He will tell you what is yet to come. Say, Ken, what does that mean? Our power comes from understanding and knowing the heart of God. And the closer you get to God through transformation, the more that... Uh, 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 the the uh, what, what one am I on? The, uh, the lion. The more of the lion, the more of the power of the Holy Spirit you will have in your life. Why is that important? Here's what this little part means. Uh, he won't. He will only speak of what he's heard. Here's why. Before the foundations of the world, God gave a, a, a purpose in your life and potential in your life. He created you before the foundations of the world and put seeds of greatness in you and talked about this person is created to do this and, and Tony, you're created to do this. The Holy Spirit was in the boardroom when God was talking about the great things that He had planned for your life. Come on now. Now the Holy Spirit comes and He speaks what He's heard the Father speak. And when you're down, but you're walking through transformation, the Holy Spirit gives you power by saying where you're at is not where you have to stay. I've heard the Father say, greater is He that is in you than he that is in the world. Come on, man. You hearing that? All right. John gives us a whole bunch of stuff, and, 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 uh, um, but he, it's the face of the lion, all right? Um, um, so, let me just end this way then. Um, we need God's grace. <clears throat> um, ever-increasing glory. In these trying times that we live in, and crazy times that we live in, who will be Who will reflect honor? Who will honor and have integrity? Who will step up and serve? People want a move of God, but we're not even ready for a move of God. I can't even get enough people to come back and be oxes. And we want a move of God. What if a move of God means we had to have five services in a week? Do we have enough oxes? Come on, everybody. 
who will look like the face of a man and say, I know it's out of my comfort zone, but I'm going to work to make relationship. Who will look like the face of a lion and be filled with the Holy Spirit? You can say you want to see the glory of God, but I double dog dare you to start reflecting the glory of God. Amen, everybody. Will you receive that tonight? I'm going to end right there. Would you stand with me and I will pray with you and let you be on your way. Did anybody learn anything tonight? Please, one person raise their hand. All right, I appreciate it. Um, come on, it's just us. It's just me and you talking. How many say I could do a better job reflecting the glory of God? I'm going to raise both my hands. Well, this one only goes part way up, but it's... Father... I desperately want your glory. I do, Lord. I desperately want your glory. I don't, I don't want to pastor a church without your glory. I want my home to reflect your glory. I want my life to reflect your glory. I want the church where we gather together to reflect your glory. I want every post that I put on social media to reflect your glory. I want the conversations with people that don't see things the same way I do. I want those to reflect Your glory. God, I want ever-increasing glory on my life. Lord, for years I didn't want to use the word revival, but God, would You revive us? Would You refresh us? Would You renew us? God, would You put it in us again that we would, we would walk through transformation, grow closer to You for ever-increasing glory. God, I pray that the four faces would begin to show up at Radius Church in unprecedented ways. God, I feel with, I wish I could make people feel what I felt when you said, get ready, I want to show my glory. That means we got to get ready and love people that sometimes are unlovable, that we got to serve, that we got to have honor and integrity. God, we commit that to you. Let there be an ever increasing glory amongst us. I pray it. I pray for those that are watching online, even God, that, that, you, that there is a conviction for the same thing. And Father, I ask it all truly for Your glory. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come on, give the Lord a good hand clap, everybody. Amen.